Hello, friends. I'm your host, Christina, and you're listening to Radical Stepmoms, a podcast about the good, bad, and really ugly moments about raising a child that you didn't create. Here, I'll discuss the realities of co-parenting, the way stepmotherhood affects a marriage, the relationship with our stepkids, and most of all, navigating the relationship with ourselves. I want each episode to leave you feeling validated, empowered, and oh so radical. So pour yourself a LaCroix, a glass of red, or whatever, and listen in on Radical Stepmoms. Hello, you are listening to Radical Stepmoms. This is Christina. Welcome to my solo hot take episode. So I have, over the past several months, received kind of this a similar theme in my DMs or in comments or in my one-on-one sessions with stepmoms. And I'm just going to chat about some of the common topics that are coming up and give my hot take and, and you know, like chatting about why this is coming up and what we can do about it. So diving right in, the first uh, topic that is, again, just coming up over and over is what happens when a stepmom actually doesn't want a relationship with the ex? Like, let's say the ex is fine. She's respectful. She's, you know, you're actually co-parenting with her. That collaboration is there. Um, She's not outwardly vicious, but you still find yourself going, God, I don't want to sit by her at those sporting events. I don't want to have the joint birthday parties. I'm not wanting to text her and be her friend. What then? So let's unpack that for a moment here and talk about why this is even an expectation placed on us. And when you're online and you're sifting through all the co-parenting stuff, right? Like that is the expectation. That is the hope. That is the pressure that's out there, right? Because you're doing it for the kids. The idea is to have this great relationship so the kids can grow up knowing that their parents were friendly and there was no animosity. And that's good and well. I support that. What I don't support, however, is it not being authentic, right? It not feeling actually healthy for everyone involved. If four out of, you know, there's four co-parents, let's say, and two out of the four aren't actually happy with the dynamic, there's going to be issue there. So there is this pressure from the beginning to execute this type of dynamic. And so if we don't agree with that, we're immediately the problem right? We're immediately, oh, you're not living up to this hashtag co-parenting that we want to have. And we're, we're the bad guys. We're the ones with the problem. And that sucks, right? Like that's not how it quote should be. We should have the ability to share or the safe space to share where we might feel discomfort, And to not be villainized if we're not completely on board with, you know, your partner going to buy a mom's house to help fix her garbage disposal or something. Like, if that makes you like, eh, right? Like, we shouldn't feel like we're the problem if we have feelings about it. So, if this is, you know... uh, resonating where you, you, you feel this, what are your own boundaries and needs, right? Consider 
where this is coming from. Is it that you don't completely trust the relationship between your partner and the ex? That there's something weird there? Is it not even trust? It's just this discomfort because why would I feel okay with my partner ever hanging out with the ex? Is it that, you know, you don't really like Biomom? There's nothing awful that she's been doing or that she's, uh, you know, rude to you, but she's just not a friend that you would pick, right? There's all these different reasons. So we have to kind of dig deeper and find out what exactly is preventing us from moving forward and towards that co-parenting dynamic. And then we have to get really confident in those boundaries and why you feel the way that you do and be okay with those consequences. And that can come with having conversations with your partner and going, hey, I'm totally fine with this, but this makes me uncomfortable. And this is why we really have to not only know in ourselves where these feelings are coming from, but we have to do it in a way where we can communicate it to our partner so they can try and understand and support us. And sometimes they won't, right? Sometimes it will be... Maybe your partner's like, okay, you may not feel comfortable doing this, but I'm going to do this anyway for the kids. And that's a larger conversation with your partner, right? And hopefully you two can come to an understanding or an agreement of respect and, you know, just that your ideals might be different and that's okay. Where's the common ground? Uh, so I will have to, I will say too, that we have to always check ourselves and make sure that we're not being high conflict in this process. And I've talked about this in, a, in another Q&A solo episode about how stepmoms can be high conflict. And unfortunately, this particular topic of, you know, stepmom not wanting to be friends with the ex, regardless of how the ex is, can have potential to set us up to either appear high conflict or to actually be high conflict. You know, we don't, we have to, again, know our inner feelings, know why we feel the way we, the, why we feel the way we feel, be able to identify our boundaries, but do it in a way that's still respectful. And that, so what I mean by that is, okay, so you don't like the ex, but that doesn't mean that you get to be mean, right? I say this to my daughter all the time. You might be having really big feelings. You might be really angry, but you can't be mean. So we have to make sure that we're still being respectful and we're holding our own grace and representing ourselves in, in the right way and that we can have boundaries and not be assholes, right? We can do both. So again, in talking to so many stepmoms who are like, you know, the ex isn't even that bad. She, she's, she's fine, but why don't I want to be like friends with her? Why don't I want to, you know, have her over or have her in my house? Because that just that's your boundary. And and that's totally okay. It doesn't need to be that. But again, when your partner and you have different ideas of what your co-parenting or your blended family goals are, that's the that's the starting point. And talking about those expectations and saying, okay, I see that you want to do this for the kids. I'm on board with that. I do want to consider how they're feeling but that doesn't mean I'm going to abandon my own boundaries or my own comfort level. And the, the, the work starts 
with knowing exactly what that is so you can communicate it better. All right, so the second topic that I'm going to jump into is what is my take on looking at Biomom's social media? When is it okay? Why and how? So I'm typically quick to say I'm not a fan of looking at Biomom's social media, though I understand the interest, the curiosity, and sometimes the need. So it is always dependent on your circumstances. The number one thing that I ask a stepmom who often frequents Biomom social media is this. How do you feel afterwards? After you've done scroll, after you're done scrolling or you read that post about the weekend they've had together and you've seen the photos, are you feeling drained? Are you feeling mad? Are you feeling spiteful? Are you feeling happy? Is it does it make you feel good to see the kids, you know, enjoying the park with their mom? How do you feel afterwards? And then my second question is what would you need to see on the social media that would make you feel good? If you're not feeling good afterwards, let's say you're like frustrated or you're just annoyed because here she is being that performative mom again, what would you need to see to feel good? And if you can't answer that and it's, oh, nothing, I would see nothing, nothing could make me feel good, then that's your answer to block. That is your your uh, sign that it's time to block her because what you're trying to avoid here is losing your own happiness by scrolling her feed. It's doing you nothing. If you find yourself completely drained or bitter or angry or worse, oh my gosh, what if you see something so egregious and you tell your partner about it and then it becomes an argument with your partner? And when I say egregious, I don't mean like CPS needs to get involved. I just mean like, can you believe that she's doing this? Or, you know, maybe you caught her in a lie, but is it really worth confronting her on? So why do you need to know the truth? Do you understand? It's If it is causing you more distress and it's taking up so much of your energy, and I have to say, I used to scroll by him on social media. There was a time back in the day she had a Facebook and I saw that she lied about something and I was so mad and we couldn't confront her on it, right? But it's, it, I spent so much energy and it just wasn't worth it. I could be doing so many other better things with my time than scrolling and getting mad, right? So if you need to try and protect your energy, here's your sign. And it, maybe it doesn't need to be permanent. Maybe this is a, an experiment. What would it feel like if you blocked her and went so far as to, you know, going up into the search bar and hitting that X so her name doesn't even appear anymore? And you took tabs of how you felt as time went on where you weren't checking in with her. Is it feel, how are you feeling? Do you feel better? And notice that, and if you feel that improvement, then no need to unblock, right? Now, there are the times when, you know, looking at Biomom's social media can be helpful. Maybe you're trying to, you know, get documentation for court. 
And, you know, maybe you feel better seeing her posts, knowing the kids are safe. Maybe there are some benefits to looking at her feed. Totally understandable. But with that, you got to create your own boundaries. Maybe you only check it once a week. Maybe you do this whole block and unblock thing. Maybe you only unblock her when the kids aren't with you, right? Like maybe you only are looking at her feed when you have to prepare for court. Create your own boundaries because what you're constantly trying to keep a pulse on is your own energy and your own feelings about it, right? And I'll go so far as to say this. If you're going to block her, and this is a uh, an effort of self-care, let your friends and family know as well, right? Because if your friends and family are connected to her on social media and they're going to be sending you shit that you don't want to know about or you're trying to protect your energy, let them know. Like, hey, sister-in-law, I appreciate it, but I'm trying this new thing where I'm not allowing her to enter my life or enter my home or enter my head. It, unless it's really, really egregious, I don't want to be involved in it, right? Like, go the extra step to protect your energy. Okay. Next topic. This is coming up. I mean, this came up at our meetup uh, over the weekend, talking about disciplining the stepkids, right? When, how, and why. And again, this is very uh, dependent upon where you're at in your journey. It's very dependent on how old the kids are, dependent upon what conversations you've had with your partner. So all that to say, here's, here's my, my guidance on that. My number one thing, and and if you've listened to several of the podcasts, I've said this before, the number one thing with kids is you have to have connection before correction. You have to have built a foundational relationship with the kids where they respect you and you feel connected to them. And you've kind of earned that trust and that parenting role with them, right? There's a difference too between disciplining to raise a good human and disciplining to keep them safe. If you are disciplining to keep them safe, like you are out and about and you don't know if you can say, hey, you need to hold my hand before we cross the street. I don't care if you're not 100% besties with them or you have years of experience, you're going to hold their hand, right? You're going to make sure that they're safe. So there's, there's that difference there. But going back to that connection before correction, Not only will you feel more confident in speaking up and saying, hey, could you do this before you go to bed? Or, hey, did you get your homework done? You're going to feel more confident in doing that. And the kids are going to be able to listen to you in that parenting light when that relationship and that rapport has been established. So if you feel you're there, then that's when it's really important to have conversations with your partner about parenting styles and about parenting goals and expectations and where your partner sees you in the mix. So before you start, you know, getting on that parenting discipline side of things, have a really good conversation with your partner and it could be baby steps depending upon where you're at. So for example, when I first came into the picture, my stepson was three. It was very much that safety 
parenting, right? He was three years old and it was, hey, uh, you, like I said, you need to hold my hand before we go do this, or I'm going to be putting your seatbelt on, or hey, we don't stick our fingers in our nose, stuff like that. As he's gotten older, that rapport, that connection has obviously developed as well. But if you're into this journey with a 13-year-old or even younger, 10, 11, you know, you're in that pre-adolescent, you're, you're in a different situation where there might be less safety issues and it's more, okay, we got to get homework done. Your room's a mess. Have you changed your clothes in the last, when was the last time you showered? Like that kind of stuff. And that's the stuff that re- can really get at us stepmoms, right? And it can really eat at us when we're expected to just walk by a dirty bedroom all the time and not say anything. And that's not a stepkid issue. That's a partner issue where we have to start having those conversations with our partners and go, hey, where do you see me showing up in this? And how do you see me showing up in this? And our partners have the ability to go, oh, okay, yeah, I would love your help with X, Y, and Z. And then they have to support us in that. The kids have to start seeing us show up in that way, meaning you know, if the kids are constantly going to your partner for snacks and you can definitely be a part of that, your partner can say, hey, why don't you go ask stepmom, Ashley, or whatever, <laughs> whatever the name is, right? Or if, you know, you're going to be with the kids for the evening while your spouse is somewhere or whatever, they say something to the kids of, hey, so I'm going to be gone for a few hours. You know, stepmom and I have already chatted and this is what's to be what's to be expected. Homework needs to be done, blah, blah, blah. Listen to stepmom. And saying things like that shows the kids, oh, we were all on the same page, we're all on the same team. And, you know, treat stepmom just as you would another parent figure. Right. In the beginning of my relationship, my husband would often kind of give my stepson the notion of like, hey, just like you respect your teachers at school just like you respect grandma and grandpa, like Chris is the same way, right? She's another person in your life that's here to take care of you and help you. And so you you need to listen to her, right? So after having those conversations with your partner, I imagine that there will be differences, right? There always is. You're not going to be 100% in line with things. But the fact that you're building this foundational space to talk about them, that is key. So if there are differences, it is, is this a difference where, you know, you have to maybe not be involved in that certain thing? Is it a difference where perhaps having two parenting styles is actually a benefit, you know, and really just getting down to what the expectations are, what you're comfortable with, and how you want to, how you want to be involved, right? There are going to be things where we just have to let go of. The amount of stepmoms I've spoken to where, they have to disengage from that dirty bedroom because their partner's not going to say anything and stepmom is tired of saying it. It's causing a rift between you and your stepkid. Like there are going to be times when we have to just disengage and realize that that's not something that we have control over. And that's a whole other episode (laughs) that I think I've done, but it's a real, real thing. I, 
I know I've done a parenting styles episode. So if this is ring true for you, scroll down and find it. All right, last, the last topic I'm going to talk about, and this came up fairly recently. I, and this is my opinion, okay? My opinion, please don't come at me. I really don't like the term single mother when it comes to co-parenting family. And here's why. From my perspective and my current dynamic, bio mom and my husband have 50-50. She's not a single mom. She's a solo mom. When she is on her own with my stepson, she's on her own. She's doing it solo, but she is not raising him on her own. There is a whole ass other house who has 50% of time with him and is helping and being involved and is very, very present. I feel like the single mom title is reserved for the badass moms that are really doing it all on their own, right? Those are the moms that get to be bitter about an absent father, right? The deadbeat dad. If they're not actually present, preventing the dad from being present, that's a whole other episode as well, right? Like there are those, that population of moms, right? But what I'm talking about are the single moms that are working those two to three jobs to get food on the table for their kids that are going up, that are doing it on their own, that are using the village of grandparents or friends or, you know, aunts and uncles to help rate. Those are the single moms. My bio, if our bio mom talks about being a single, it drives me absolutely freaking crazy because I feel like it is such a disrespect to my husband and everything that he does. And I feel like from a woman's perspective, I don't like that she's taking that on because she's portraying herself as this needy victim when she's not. She doesn't need to struggle as much as she does if she were to embrace the fact that she's not actually a single mom and that there is an active father who wants to be even more active or more involved and she's not allowing it, right? So, you know, if if you're listening to this and you're like, yes, like, hi, and there are some that totally disagree with me, right? And I see it all the time and I see it with single dads too. And again, I I feel like it goes both ways, right? Are you a single dad if there's an active mom also in the, I, I think you're a solo dad, right? And then once you move on and have a partner, you're no longer single or solo, Right you have a partner that's also helping you in the home. So that, that is my really hot take <laughs> on, on just semantics, right? And I see it when I'm scrolling social media. I see it in, you know, reels of moms talking about being single. And then in the same breath, they're saying, oh, you know, and they're talking about the dad that's clearly involved. And it always catches, it always catches me where I'm like, oh. and, and words matter, Right. And it, and it's, it goes down for me, it goes down to that. We don't value dads enough and that because they're the mom, they get to create the relationship. They think that they get to create the relationship that their kids have with their father and also reap the benefits of 
their kids not having a relationship with their father. You know, there's a lot more resources out there for single moms than there are for single dads. And when you hear about a single mom, the question is, oh, is the dad a deadbeat? Like, where's the dad? Like, obviously he's not around. But that's never the assumption when you're seeing a single dad, right? Aside from being asked stepmom questions, I often get asked how to start a podcast. Well, if there's one thing I learned in my four years of podcasting, it's sound quality and production matters. If you're wanting to get started in podcasting, here's my advice. Start with Cassiopeia Studio. Cassiopeia Studio is a woman-owned, full-service podcast studio specializing in concept development and flawless execution. They collaborate with companies, foundations, and individuals to build audience trust and brand affinity through intentional podcasts. Contact them and they will remove the overwhelm and work with you to create an amazing podcast that will help you reach your goals. Check them out at CassiopeiaStudio.com. C-A-S-S-I-O-P-E-I-A studio.com. And there you will find out more about the studio and listen to their work. Hint, hint, you're listening to it right now. And great news, they're currently accepting new clients. That's C-A-S-S-I-O-P-E-I-A studio.com. Get started with your own rad podcast today and tell them I sent you. So as we know, stepmoms can be really, really hard on themselves, right? We can feel like no matter what we do, it's not good enough. And no matter how hard we try, it's not good enough, right? So I wanted to share here a little pep talk and give a little, little guidance on ways that we can not be so hard on ourselves, things that we can do to let some of that go. The first thing that I'm going to say is record your wins, right? We have to really pay attention to those stepmom wins, no matter how small they seem. Okay. It could be, you know what? My stepkid came home and they said hi to me and they acknowledged that I exist. And that's amazing. Or it could be my stepkid said dinner was okay. I'm going to take that as a win, right? Write down the things that light you up in this journey. We need those to fuel us. So similar to a gratitude journal, write out three things that you enjoyed or the wins that you want to take, whether it's every day or the week, something that you process after transition. Start recording the wins. Number two, when you are finding yourself in a really bad way and you're like, fuck this, I don't want to do this anymore. Everything that I do, it's not appreciated. I can't do anything right. I want you to get out a piece of paper and I want you to scribble that shit out like you're an angry, angry teenager, right? I want you to get mad and express yourself. And then I want you to look at it, maybe read it, and then destroy it. Destroying it is the, is the, is the cathartic, cathartic part of it. You're letting it go. You're getting it out of your body. You're no longer carrying it. It's, it's on paper, and then you're going to let it go. Crumple it up, throw it in the recycling, rip it into shreds, burn it. Just let it out and let it go. Number three, do what makes you feel good. 
And I don't mean this to mean self-care. No. Do what makes you feel good, meaning do what makes you feel good in stepmotherhood. If telling your kids to, you know, like early in the episode, clean the room, is not making you feel good. Stop doing it. If going above and beyond and making sure that the kids have all of their favorite fucking snacks, but then it's never pretty, don't do it. And I'm not saying don't do it to abandon it or to out of spite. I mean, this is an experiment of disengaging. This is what could I do instead that will fill me up? This is I'm going to, instead of running around cleaning up after the stepkids and feeling resentful, I'm going to sit with them on the couch and I'm going to watch a show with them instead. Notice what makes you feel good and do more of it. Number four, do a detox. Okay. I recently had a session with a stepmom and she said, I just feel very overwhelmed with all the information. And I don't know what is good for me anymore. I feel like I'm not doing things right. And then I feel like I am doing them right, but I don't maybe do it the right way. And this article says this, and I'm hearing this. And I heard from this stepmom. Oh my gosh. One great thing about (laughs) having so many different resources for stepmoms. That's a great thing. There's so many resources for stepmoms now. There's magazines and there's podcasts and there's platforms. There's community. And that's amazing. There's books, right? But sometimes we get so saturated with information that we don't know what feels good for us anymore. We don't know what actually resonates with us anymore. We don't know if we're doing something that really makes sense for us and our family and the way we are. There's no perfect, correct way to do this stepmom thing. And we can get really, really down on ourselves when we feel like, you know, we have no direction. We have all this information, but no direction. So do a detox. If that means having to stop listening to my podcast for a bit, come back, but do it, right? Like do what makes you feel good. If you are on too many social media platforms, stepmom related or parenting related or whatever feels overwhelming for you, right? If you're following that one person who is draining you, or like I said, if you are feeling drained by looking at social, uh, on social media, <laughs> don't do that. Do a detox and get more focused on what is actually serving you. Only read one book, right? And really process it. Do what you need to do. Number five, oh, practice self-compassion, okay? I am giving you some homework if this is, if this is like oh, self-compassion. Oh, my gosh. I want you to do something. I want you to write. I want you to... Hmm, let's see. I want you to write a letter to a stepmom who's having a really hard time. Scroll through my comment section and find someone who is sharing bits about their and give them that encouragement. Right? Tell them the things. God, you're doing such a good job. You know, you are such a strong stepmom, and it sucks being strong sometimes. I get it. The kids are so lucky to have you. Write out a letter to a stepmom. And then I want you to read it as if that was meant for you. That's self-compassion. Talk to yourself like you're your friend. Because when you're finding yourself having these very uh, 
mean inner thoughts. Would you talk to your friend that way? Probably not. My, I have a friend and she, uh, she's, she often talks poorly about herself and I'm constantly, will you stop talking about my best friend that way? Stop it. Start talking to yourself like that, right? Correct yourself when you find yourself being mean to yourself. You don't deserve that. Talk nicely to yourself. Give yourself grace. If you've had a hard day, that's okay. If you messed up, that's okay. You're human. Process it. Heal from it. Learn from it. Grow. Being hard on yourself isn't going to get you to where you want to be. Number six, stop comparing. Stop comparing. Um, Sometimes comparing can be inspirational. Sometimes that can be a push to, hey, I'm going to I'm going to do that too. That's a good idea. Sometimes comparison can be the death of us, right? Because everyone has different dynamics going on. We can't see someone on the internet and go, why can't I feel that way? Because you're not them, right? Kill the comparison game. Notice when you do it incorrect. And lastly, seek support when you need it right? Like this is different than seeking all the resources and feeling super saturated. If you're finding that you've, you are still lacking in something that you need someone to talk to, that you, you know, need an outlet, go find it, make it happen because your happiness, your mental health is a priority. So if you're finding that you need something more, make it happen, right? Stepmom, you are amazing. Stop being so hard on yourself. This is hard shit. You're not doing anything wrong. It is just inherently hard. And I'm here to remind you that over and over and over again. And that I see you putting in the work. I see you trying with your kids. I see you trying to improve your relationship with your with your partner. I see you trying to, you know, have a better understanding of the X and those dynamics and creating more distance and, and trying to be a better overall human. I see it. So make sure you see that in yourself too, and give yourself credit. All right. All right, ladies, as always be well and stay radical. All right, ladies, the episode is over, but do you want a little more? Come find me on Instagram and join the community at Radical Stepmoms Podcast or schedule a one-on-one session and get that personalized support or become a Radical member and gain access to exclusive content like bonus episodes and merch. Radical Stepmoms is so much bigger than a podcast. Check out the details and the notes on this episode.